Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Bully Ray and I talk about Elimination Chamber from this past Saturday and your new WWE champion, Brock Lesnar. Also, we get into The Undertaker. The news broke late last week. He's going into the Hall of Fame. Will it be on his own? We talk about it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Let's start with Elimination Chamber. Why? Because so many ramifications from Saturday afternoon that is going to play out over two nights of WrestleMania, Bully. Uh, Really looking forward to that. But, man, I mean, top to bottom, I thought a very good show. On Saturday afternoon, yeah, elimination uh, elimination chamber was was a good show. They kept it rolling. They kept they kept it as fast paced as possible. I very much enjoyed Lita and Becky. I thought Lita looked great, and when I say looked great, I'm not talking about her actual physical appearance, where she obviously looked great. I'm talking about from a ring rust point of view. She uh, she looked really good, crisp. Her movement was good. I thought her and uh, Becky. Did a did a fine job, uh, and, and it and it stuck out to me. And and it, obviously the fans in Saudi really took to Lita, but I yeah. thought it was a good outing by uh, both of those uh, women. Decent show across the board. Was there any one particular match that stood out to you? Well, I think that one as well. And and bully again. This is further evidence of what you and I talk about almost. Uh, on a weekly basis here on busted open is it's hard for me to boo Becky because we watched that match between Becky and Lita. And then the end of the match, Becky gets the win, but Becky gets emotional going up the, uh, going up the ring ramp at the end of that match because Hey, and, and, and actually the commentators talked about it too. Becky grew up a fan of Lita. Lita was an inspiration to her and you could see Becky got emotional. She was actually had tears in her eyes when that match was over, looking at Be- uh, looking at Lita in that ring. Again, another reason why it's so hard for me to boo somebody like Becky. If they're telling you the backstory, like you just explained about Becky Lynch and how she grew up watching Lita and she looked up to Lita, and now here Becky Lynch is the WWE women's champion defending that championship against a role model and an idol like uh, Lita. 
what do you expect to happen? Emotions take over. The girl yep. starts to cry. And then, well, the woman starts to cry. And then you are reminded why you like Becky so much. Heels don't cry. Baby faces cry. Yeah, no, uh, uh, heels sometimes whine, but they don't <laughs> cry. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So when you see that, immediately you, you, you see that that's a natural reaction. And you're like, oh, man, look, she's crying. You know, th- this whole moment. Like, if the announcers never told me that story, maybe I would have just brushed past, past the crying. But when you tell that story and then you see that emotion, it's like, all right, just another example of how am I supposed to hate Becky? Yeah, and they sh- and, and Bully, they showed the emotion. That was the thing, too. Like, you know, obviously, and I think it was great that they gave Lita that moment at the end of the match. They played her music, and they gave her that moment in the ring. And she was emotional as well because that that could be it. They They even talked about that. That was her first you know, singles match with any kind of ramifications in over 15 years. So you have that backstory as well. We've seen Lita before, but here she is in a singles match and she's going after the Royal Women's Championship. But they talked about Becky and then they showed Becky on that entrance ramp with tears in her eyes. And you know what I was thinking at the end of that match, Bully? Probably even more than what a cool moment for Lita. When that match was over, I'm thinking, wow, what a cool moment for Becky Lynch. Here's Becky Lynch, you know, being a big fan of Lita. Here she is emotional. She still has that championship title. And Becky tried her best before that moment to have that tough look and everything else. But the emotions overcame her. The moment overcame her. And they showed it. You bully, go back and watch it. You see it in her face. She's got that scowl on her face, and then it completely changes as she's watching Lita in that ring, and she has tears in her eyes. An emotional moment. I loved it as a fan, but again, like you said, bully, impossible for me to boo somebody like Becky Lynch. It's real emotion. I think we've talked about it um, forever. I think we've talked it to death, actually. And tonight on Monday Night Raw, Becky will come out and they will try her, their hardest to give her verbiage that gets a heel reaction. And she'll try her hardest to go out there and be hated. But those are the that's the to me is very forced. What we saw the other night at the chamber is very natural. And if you can elicit that kind of natural response, that natural emotion, that's what I like to see uh, wrestling gravitate to real emotion. You can't, you, you, you can't, um, you can't can that. So, but it'll just be business as usual for them. One day they'll go in one direction and then the next day they'll just take you back uh, where they want to. And there's really nothing <laughs> we can do about it. No, no, no. And 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 now we know what matches we're going to see at WrestleMania, and we're going to see uh, Charlotte Flair against Ronda Rousey, and we're going to see Becky Lynch uh, going up against Bianca Belair. And again, it, it just feels. And listen, you called it, you wanted it, and now you got it. You got Bianca and you got Becky in the ring at WrestleMania. You know, there was a part of me that was hoping that Lita might win or Becky could beat Lita by having a foot on that rope. I thought that would have been a good story. But you're giving it to Bianca Belair again. And I'm sure the fans are going to absolutely love it once we get to WrestleMania. But it does feel just a little bit forced to me, Bully. And I want to get your take on it because 
you got Ronda and, and Charlotte. And I don't think the fans really want to cheer either Charlotte or Ronda. Like, I really do think if the story was Becky and and Ronda Rousey, there would be a clear baby face and heel in that matchup at WrestleMania. It does feel a little forced to me, in my opinion. I think the WWE is just going to sit back and do whatever they can to put Charlotte and Ronda in certain scenarios, cast a certain spotlight on both of the women, give them the back and forth verbiage where people, I think it's more going to be more of a, Ooh, I can't believe she said that kind of response going into WrestleMania, but you can't take away from the fact that Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair are the two biggest females, the two biggest stars in the WWE. I understand the argument for Becky. Trust me, I do. But Becky versus Bianca does not have the star power that Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair does. And it's it's Ronda Rousey who gives it the kick in the ass to give it that star power because of her background in MMA, because of her, you know, her, her, her stardom. Like she was you know, on every uh, late night talk show and they'll put her out there again for the main event of WrestleMania. And they're going to get everything that they possibly can out of Ronda Rousey. And speaking of Ronda, just real quick, you know, with all the women having, you know, all the women wrestling in Saudi and obviously with how the culture is over there, women have to be um, completely covered up from, you know, they're basically from their necks to their wrists, to their, you know, their, their uh, ankles with their boots. Uh, I thought all the ladies did a great job with their gear. I thought uh, all the ladies look really, really good, but I loved Rhonda's outfit. Seeing her in her judo gi, that yes. is, that's perfect. Cause she's like, if I have to be covered up like this, I'm going to cover up in a way that's most comfortable to me. And it shows respect to what I used to do, which was play judo. And I thought Rhonda's gear was awesome. Yeah, you know what? To the point where I wouldn't mind her wearing that from here on out. Like I really did. Like, and I, and I agree with you, bully. Like, because it wasn't that long ago when we talked about those those shows at Saudi that couldn't have women at all, and then, like you said, covering them up. And now, you know, a majority of the matches that we saw on Saturday afternoon were, you know, the the WWE female superstars. Uh, and but I agree with you on round Ronda. And to the point, bully that. You would think probably night number one, your main event is going to be Charlotte and Ronda for that uh, for that championship. Why on night number one? Because I think night number two is going to be Brock and Roman, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. I understand what you mean. Okay, you mean yeah. like the, the last match of night? Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. Are you ready? This is Renee Paquette, and I've got a new tag team partner, one of the toughest women in MMA, Misha Tate. We're going to take over the radio every Monday on Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. Join me and Renee as we cure the Monday blues by dissecting every major headline happening in the cage, the ring, and everywhere in between. Don't be scared, honey. So listen to Throwing Down with Renee and Misha Mondays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Brock Lesnar, now your new WWE champion. One of the little things that I hate that I saw again at Elimination Chamber is the, I don't want to call it disrespect of Bobby Lashley, but it's the not giving Bobby Lashley his due. Yeah. What's the point of, why would Bobby Lashley, as your champion, not come out last? It doesn't make Uh, any sense to me. I, I understand that Brock is the bigger star, yada, yada. And if you're not last, you want to be first. So send Brock out first. Lock the beast in the cage first in the chamber. Bobby Lashley should have came out last. They should have given him a champion's entrance. There's to me, there's there's no good reason. Brock, you're smirking, you're smiling. What are you gonna say? Because bully, it's it's kind of what we feared and we talked about weeks and weeks ago. As soon as Brock came back, or because of that pay per view where he had to become part of Monday Night Raw. They, they, it was pretty much Bobby Lashley step aside. They completely yep. just was like, all right, Brock's here now, so now you need to go away. Because now it's all about, even though Lashley was your WWE champion, it was all about, like, this is not your time, it's now Brock's time. I mean, it, it couldn't have been more apparent by what we saw on Saturday afternoon. Especially when you know what the finish is going to be. We know Brock is going to win. We're betting on Brock winning, yada, yada. Give the champion his due. The champion should be coming out last. What's the big deal if Brock Lesnar comes out first? I'm not saying put him out there second or third or fourth. You know, have people come in and have Brock come out first put him in his chamber, and then have people riling up the beast. Could you imagine, like, put Brock in his chamber and then have Austin Theory taking selfies with Brock, riling him up? Because going into the finish, Brock f 5 the kid off the top of the chamber and almost killed him. Yeah. So there's your receipt. And now Brock could take his phone, take this, whatever. I'm, there's just ways to do things to connect the dots better, make things make more sense. And as you said, the day uh, Brock stepped back into the picture, Bobby, despite having that strap around his waist, was back burnered. There's no doubt about it. And I love what you just said, Bully, because it's 100% true. Because what happened? Brock couldn't wait to come out of the pot. He knocked the door open himself before the buzzer even opened up. So, he, so have him come out first where he's just steaming. And it's just like he and attention is building and building. What better way to do that than have him come out first, put him in the pod first. And that just adds to what happened when he finally came out, bully. What you said is genius because it's so true. And it's and then you don't have to disrespect your WWE champion. Man, as soon as Brock came in the picture, Bobby Lashley has been completely 
disrespect and bullying to the point that whole story leading in to Brock and Bobby Lashley, it was all about Brock. We, we've, to the point, but we, we thought that Bobby Lashley was going to dominate Brock because Brock completely dominated Bobby Lashley week after week after week on Monday Night Raw. But it really was just to build up Brock and push Bobby Lashley aside. Uh, I think I, I liked Brock winning. We we thought Brock was going to win. We talked about it. Uh, now they go into WrestleMania with the moniker for the match. Winner take all. Gee, I wonder where you heard that one. Um, I, I'm not claiming to be some G. It doesn't take a genius to come up with that. Uh, you know, slogan for this match. But I said this like two months ago. I said, it's got to be Brock and Roman uh, championship, first championship in a winner take all type of scenario. And that's the slogan that they're going with. Winner take all. Uh, I don't know how much more I can explain the whole uh, disappointment with the treatment of Bobby. Bobby Lashley is looks phenomenal, wrestles phenomenal. It, there's a lot of great things that Bobby Lashley does. But the minute Brock steps back in the picture, Bobby gets pushed to the side on 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 many fronts. S- put send him out last. Give the champion his entrance. Give him some pyro, give him some fanfare. He's your champ. And now, unfortunately, Bully, it looks like we're not going to see Bobby Lashley for a while because with all reports are saying legit shoulder injury. That's why uh, he never really competed in the Elimination Chamber match. And if you go back and look, the last match he had was at the Royal Rumble. And from everything that we're reading, Bully, he was injured in that Rumble match with Brock. And now he's going to be out possibly four to six months. If you remember the Monday morning after the Royal Rumble when we were talking, uh, I talked about Brock's German suplexes on Bobby Lashley and how hellacious they looked. I don't know if Brock was just tossing Bobby around at will or if some wrestlers, believe it or not, Dave, veteran wrestlers reach for the mat on certain bumps one of the guys that does it religiously, and I, and I just can't believe he, he did it, was John Cena. Cena always reaches for the mat. You never want to reach for the mat. You never want to put your hands behind you. you, you listen, you came to, to my school. You learned how to take a bump. You know how you want to distribute the bump across your back and you want to slap out with your arms. You don't want to reach back. On those Germans... Uh, at the Rumble that Brock was given Lashley, it's like Bobby was reaching back unless he got hurt on the first one and then was reaching back to try to protect himself. I don't know. But that reaching back, you saw like on at least two or three of the throws, you saw Bobby Lashley take the complete brunt of the German on his shoulder. And Bobby Lashley is a very muscular man. Yep. So, Brock Lesnar is throwing you and this very dense muscular man is landing. All that body weight is coming down on one shoulder and newsflash. The shoulder is basically it's it's like a it's like a punk muscle, not CM Punk. The shoulders look great, but they're very, very delicate. And it doesn't take much for a shoulder to go. So that's where it wasn't before the show started today. Um, we actually looked up, you know, the Royal Rumble 
was Bobby's last match, right? Yep, it was. That was almost so th- uh, three weeks ago. They kept him on ice until they did the the thing the other night at the chamber. Where now I believe they're they're going with the con- you know he's got a concussion, which is totally fine. Hey, at least Bobby Lashley the day he comes back has a gripe. He could yeah. say that he was never beaten. That's right. He could say he never he was he never competed. He never came out of that pod. So you're you're right, and I, I and great job by the WWE doing that. He never came out of that pod, so he's never officially in that match. So he does have that gripe, though. We talk about this all the time, bully, about gripes that make for good storylines that never pan out. This might be another example of that, but you know, because who knows? Six months from now, who knows where Brock is going to be on the card, if at all, what it's going to look like. But he does have that gripe. The other thing, too, when it comes to Bobby Lashley, Bully, and I never really felt they really gave him his due as a champion, but Brock gave this away. Brock gave this away almost immediately uh, in all the promotion leading up to what we saw at Elimination Chamber. On SmackDown, he said that he wanted that match with Roman and he wanted to be a unification match for the two championship titles. Bully, once he said that, you had to deliver. Because once Brock, of all people, made that promise weeks ago, you knew that that was going to be a pretty predictable outcome in that Elimination Chamber match on Saturday afternoon. And you were screaming that the day after that show. And, and that's what we got. I mean, there's, it's, it's WrestleMania. There's 100,000 seats to fill. You have to go with your biggest match. Brock versus Roman is your biggest match. Now, championship for championship, yep. winner takes all. This is this is the biggest, uh, you know, bullet that they have in the chamber. Other than a returning, uh, a returning legend like a Stone Cold, possibly hosting WrestleMania, or maybe, and I know we're going to get into this later, maybe a final entrance from the Undertaker in front of a hundred thousand people. Other than that, you have to turn to your roster. Who are the two biggest stars we have, male and female? Let's get them in the ring because we need to sell out a hundred thousand seats each night. Now, a bully, and you've been screaming this for forever, probably as long as we've been doing the show. Like, I, I like I like the unification of the titles. I like just one world title for the WWE. Listen, even now with Brock holding this WWE championship, to me, the Universal Championship is on another level. That's just to me. I like the fact that you're going to have this opportunity to unify the two titles together. If they if they go forward with the title unification, which obviously they will at WrestleMania, but coming out of WrestleMania, I would like to see only one world heavyweight championship, only one universal championship, whatever they want to call it. It should be melded into one. And if they ever decide to bring back another world championship, like we've seen them do with the big, like Flair's old, you know, big gold belt or anything like that, there has to be a distinction in the two. Uh, even if it's just a physical distinction to me, because to me, the belts are the same. I don't know why one means more than the other. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, So for me, it's one world heavyweight champion. Hey everyone. It's Brad, the big noise Evans from the fantasy fast track with the fantasy football season upon us. Catch me and Brandon fun buns Funston every week as we sprint through a variety of fantasy football topics, including waivers, trade targets, sleepers, plus, and more. If that first place medal is what you're after, we've got the information to help you make it happen. Subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts or listen 
on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Michael Cole said it on Saturday afternoon, and this is where I'm a little confused, but maybe it's just the wording. He said the Undertaker is going to headline the Hall of Fame class this year at WrestleMania. Bully, I don't think he should headline anything. I think he should be the only induction into this year's Hall of Fame. If he is the only induction, is he still headlining? I don't know. I don't, I don't headline to me means that there's other inductions. Okay. I, maybe that's the little play on words that they, uh, you know, that they're using. I, I spoke about this with Ryan. He, the undertaker is the greatest original creation in the mind of Vince McMahon. It's the greatest character. The WWE has ever created from, Vince's mind to Vince's pencil to Vince's yellow pad. Tell me another one. Can you come up with another one? Nope. Because you got to remember, The Rock was not an idea like The Undertaker was, a vision like The Undertaker was. Stone Cold Steve Austin was not a vision like The Undertaker was. Go back to that phone call when Vince called Mark Calloway and Mark Calloway picked up the phone and Vince said, is this The Undertaker? From that moment on, Right then and there, from the first time we saw him, that look, that character has not changed much. Obviously, the American badass, but it's a character that drew money for this company, a gimmick that drew money for this company since day one and became the most larger than life, the most respected, the most prestigious. I believe he gets inducted and he should be inducted by himself. Think about if you're another inductee into the Hall of Fame this year. You're, it's, you're, the Undertaker is going to outshine and outshadow. What's not outshadow? Um, he's, no, he's, uh, he is. There, there, there yeah, is nobody everybody. that there is nobody that could come out from under that shadow of the Undertaker if he's going in to the Hall of Fame. I'm surprised by a lot, Bully. Uh, number one, that they're doing it on, if they're not going to have a special standalone ceremony, to me, it shouldn't happen on Friday after SmackDown. It should be at WrestleMania, where you have a hundred thousand people there in Texas. Bully, you know this because you you know you know him. He's a huge Cowboys fan, big Cowboys fan. Like, how cool would it be for him to be inducted into the Hall of Fame at at WrestleMania in front of a hundred thousand fans in Cowboys Stadium? Like that, that's something that's, that goes beyond any other inductee for me to be 
and to be part of a two-for-one with SmackDown on a Friday night. Hell, Bully, I, if you told me it's only The Undertaker going in and it's and we're going to have a celebration for The Undertaker, to, to me, that's a standalone event in an arena by itself. And I, it's going to be... Yeah, sorry. No, to me, 20,000 fans would buy a ticket for, an, a, let's just say, a 90-minute celebration of The Undertaker of being going into the Hall of Fame of, of the 2022 class by himself. At least for me, I as a fan of The Undertaker and as a fan of pro wrestling, I'm traveling out to Texas buying a ticket just for that standalone celebration for The Undertaker. And we had a conversation when there was rumblings about Taker being inducted into the Hall of Fame about do they do it on one of the nights of WrestleMania? Do they eat up that much time? Yes. But I kind of like this idea of right after SmackDown, because not only do you get SmackDown, which is going to, you know, the, the, the Taker going into the Hall of Fame is going to sell out the American Airlines Arena. So if they sell out the American Airlines Arena, you get two hours of SmackDown and then maybe 90 minutes of you know, the Hall of Fame induction. I, I don't hate it. I mean, if it's a typical Hall of Fame induction, then I believe it's entirely too long for those people to sit around. I mean, that's a, that's that's too much. People get very restless at the Hall of Fame as it is. I mean, Dave, you were there the night myself, Devon, Mark Henry got inducted. By the time Goldberg it was sad. went out there, yeah. the place was empty. Not because that not because people were being dis- disrespectful to, to Bill, just because it's it's a long, long night. So if you told me as a paying customer, all right, we're going to give you a two hour live smackdown. And then right after that, we're doing uh, the, the Undertaker's Hall of Fame induction. That sounds like an exciting night to me. I, I like it. And then maybe on night one we get the last ride of the uh, of the uh, american badass and maybe on night 2 we get the, the you know the, the final bell you know of of the dead man yeah i i mean i i don't like it here's why bully because you talk about business first of all those hall of fame ceremonies sometimes they could get a little tedious i get it but they sell out they do well that that Hall of Fame ceremony that you're talking about, that there were fifteen thousand fans in attendance for that Hall of Fame ceremony. Right, but maybe some people, maybe there are some people there who don't want to just pay for the Undertaker. Maybe if you just advertise Taker, maybe people are like, "No, I don't want to buy that." I can't see that. I'm that, sure that I can't say. I can't say because because I, bully that that SmackDown before WrestleMania that's going to sell out regardless. You're going to have over a hundred thousand fans. Uh, out there in Texas on that Friday night, you get, they're, they're going to be able to sell out 15,000 seats for SmackDown. Maybe I really it's think just a log- maybe it's a logistics thing. All right. So if it's a logistics thing to me, you don't do it after SmackDown to me, you do it during WrestleMania. I, that's how I feel. You say that, you know what, at WrestleMania in Jerry's world in Texas, you're going to see, you know, the Undertaker go into the Hall of Fame. But you can't I, I, ask people to sit. That's a wrestling event, Dave. So what do you do? Do you start mm. with the Undertaker's Hall of Fame induction? Is it in the middle of the show? It can't go last. So now it's like, let's just say they started off with matches. First match, good match. Second match, good match. Third match, good match. Now, okay, we're going to slow it all down for the for the Undertaker's Hall of Fame induction. And now when that's done, hey, somebody go out there and follow that. 
or we're going to start the night. We're going to start WrestleMania night one with Undertaker's Hall of Fame induction. I think it's a different vibe in the room, and I don't think the vibes match. I definitely would love to, see, and and I don't care about the Undertaker's entrance. I'm not nearly a mark for the entrance anymore as you are. For me, I'd love to see. I, I'd love to see Kid Rock playing American Badass Live Kid Rock Hall of Famer, same Hall of Fame induction class as me, sure. brother, yep. and Mark Henry. Um, I'd love to see Kid Rock play American Badass while Taker did the last ride on the big Harley, looking like the American Badass, driving around, you know, American flag waving, fists in the air, the whole nine yards. Create that, create that energy, that vibe. And then night two, gong, you know? The, 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 the final, you know, the, the, the final bell, you know, of The Undertaker. I think you get, and that's just, that's just my idea. That's just my suggestion, how you get both entrances, two nights. And I think people would dig that. It's fun. It's a memorable moment. I'm a fan of the Hall of Fame induction after SmackDown. I think that's, I think you're getting a lot of value. I think that's bang for your buck. All right. So, Bully, so, but you, we're in agreement. He should be the only inductee. There should be nobody else going in that class but The Undertaker. And I think, too, from what you're saying, Bully, you don't have just one person induct The Undertaker. You have several people kind of go up to that podium and give a story, share a moment. You know, it could be, you know, you could you could throw out there, you know, Kane. You could throw out Ted DiBiase. You could throw out JBO. You could throw out Shawn Michaels. Throw out Triple H all down the line sharing stories of The Undertaker, Mick Foley, you know, everybody coming out there and sharing moments and stories about The Undertaker, and then The Undertaker goes in. You make the whole night about The Undertaker. And just from a visual, you know, you 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 say that you give each guy just a little bit of an entrance, okay? So let's say you had six men, like you just mentioned, coming out to induct The Undertaker. Ladies and gentlemen, Mick Foley. Ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels. Ladies and gentlemen, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they're all sitting on the stage because that's different. We've never seen that before. And then up comes Mick Foley. He says a little five-minute thing about Taker. Up comes Steve. Everybody says a little bit about what it meant to work with Taker, be friends with Taker, but main event with Taker, yada, yada, and then out comes Taker. And now you have, think of the, the star power on that stage in that moment. And then the other guys disappear. Taker has the stage uh, all to himself. I, I think with this one, way out of the box. Uh, and, 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 I'll, and I'll tell you this, Dave, when we got inducted, that's what I wanted. I want something. I wanted something way out of the box that people would remember. That's why we brought up the Hardys. That's why we brought up Edge and Christian. That's why we put somebody through a table. I'm proud to say that those kind of things we had never really seen at a Hall of Fame induction before. Yep. And that's what I always try to do. Be memorable for something. I think they have to make uh, Undertaker's night different. I want to see all these people. I would also like to see... One fan up there. I would love to see an Uber Undertaker fan. I would like to WWE to find the world's greatest Undertaker fan and to come up to that podium 
and, and give them three minutes about what The Undertaker meant to them. Because the, the link between The Undertaker and the fans for years in the WWE universe has been solid. Think about when Taker lost to Brock at WrestleMania. Think about when the streak was broken. Think about the looks of horror on people's faces. The people that were crying because The Undertaker lost. I want to hear from just one fan. Uh, it's a great idea. And Bully, you know, to go back to WrestleMania 30, the one when Doug and I were doing our show, we were doing the WrestleMania preview show. The one match we didn't talk about on that preview show was Undertaker Brock because we thought that was just a formality. We, you know, we were thinking there was no chance at all that Brock Lesnar was coming in and beating. The Undertaker, if you remember, Bully, at WrestleMania 29, the year before, Triple H beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So it was almost like a foregone conclusion that The Undertaker's streak was going to continue against Brock Lesnar. We barely talked about it. And then our post-show afterwards, that's all we talked about was The Undertaker. Don't forget, that was a memorable WrestleMania. You know, uh, Daniel Bryan had one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time. All we talked about with the fans in our post show at that restaurant was the Undertaker. We were still in shock hours later that he had lost that night. Okay, you ready? Go ahead. Gun to your head. The WWE keeps uh, with the with the style of Hall of Fame that we've we've come to know. Only one person inducts the Undertaker. Gun to your head. You got five seconds. Who is it? Vince McMahon. One. Vince. Yeah. Now, I know Vince, is, we've talked about it. Vince has inducted people before, but can you think of anybody else that has that? I mean, we've seen Vince McMahon actually have tears in his eyes talking about his relationship with The Undertaker. Vince inducted Steve, correct? Yes. Steve is not nearly the creation that Taker was. There's Vince and, and, and Taker have a relationship that probably goes even deeper than Vince and Steve's relationship, both professionally and personally, because Vince saw this man and created him from day one in the undertaker. Vince saw Steve Austin and said, you're the ringmaster and you're never talking. Yep. <laughs> That's more Crazy. of an evolution with Steve. And then, you know, the night Steve went home and, you know, there's animosity. I don't ever think that there was that real time where Vince and Taker were ever on bad terms. So I, I, I agree with you. Like if, if Vince is going to induct Austin, why wouldn't he induct Taker? Now I know Austin and Vince on TV, McMahon, you know, McMahon, Austin feud was so huge, made the company so much money, but you know, Taker, the whole, you know, the, the whole Taker McMahon family thing that they were doing back in the day, plus the fact of the personal relationship, it, it just adds up to me. Whether or not Vince wants to monopolize that time, I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, the only other one I can think of is Kane. Yeah, I agree. That would be my second choice. Uh, uh, if you're not going to go that route, then just have multiple people inducting The Undertaker because this whole slew, you know, I mean, we... we Bully, you and I could sit down and do a three-hour show just on his WrestleMania matches. You know? I mean, think about it. I mean, there's so much. And I'm sure we will. I'm sure there's going to be a show, Bully, where before we get to the Hall of Fame induction, 
I'm sure there's going to be shows that shows that you and I do that we're just talking about the Undertaker. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.